everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we're reading Joshua 15, the longest chapter in the book, arguably the most boring chapter in the book, and also likely one of the most overlooked but still significant chapters in the book of Joshua. And it may seem boring, but it gives us 63 really important verses. That said, I know chapters like this one can make it more challenging to regularly get in the Word and be excited about doing so. I wanted to let y'all know that if you're struggling to stay on track with the reading plan and are therefore in need of some added accountability or reminders, there's a feature in the Join the Journey app that allows you to receive daily reminders to get in the Word. Download the app, open it, tap the gear in the top right corner, and then tap the switch to turn reminders on. My phone defaulted to reminding me at 7 a.m., but if you tap the small time that's listed, you can choose when you'll be reminded to get in the Word. Okay. All that said, today we're reading the longest chapter in the book of Joshua, chapter 15. It's a lot of lists and names and places. What is the significance for us today? When I was growing up for my middle school and high school years, we lived in a house with a somewhat larger yard. And this yard was really interesting. If you were standing on the back porch, the right side, it had a fence. Really, it was the neighbor's fence. The back of the yard didn't have a fence, but there was this rock embankment that generally separated our yard from the other neighborhood we backed up to. And then there was the left side of the yard. No fence. And because the yard was pretty big, the back left portion was more like a green belt. And my dad thought it would be fun for us kids if he built a little walking trail. Uh, It was a loop, and he lined the small loop's path with rocks and filled the path with gravel. As kids, we thought this was super fun. We'd play capture the flag with our cousins, explore the woods around the trail, etc. But pretty soon, our neighbor on that left side realized there were kids in his yard. Reality was... The boundary lines between our two homes were unclear. Ultimately, my dad had to go rework the far left side of the trail because we had been running around on the edges of our neighbor's yard. All of the natural brush and shrubbery had made the boundary lines incredibly unclear. But once my dad started clearing them to build the trail, our neighbor, who'd lived there much longer than we had, was able to see clearly and identify that we'd crossed over onto his property. Today, there aren't any worries. The boundary lines of both lots are clear. My family has a great relationship with that neighbor. It's all good, and we have great memories playing in the backyard. But there's a really clear lesson in this story. When the boundary lines aren't clear, confusion ensues. Think about it. If the boundary lines aren't clear, confusion ensues. My dad, he couldn't see where the boundary line was, and and he built the path in the neighbor's yard. If the boundary lines aren't clear, confusion ensues. The same is true in our lives. If you're in a dating relationship and don't have good boundaries, danger is likely. If you're at work and don't have a clear understanding of your area of responsibility, confusion ensues. If you're uncertain what household responsibilities or chores are yours, confusion, comparison, and frustration are likely, especially amongst siblings. And in today's chapter, we see just how much boundary lines matter to God and why this chapter is a picture of his love for Israel and ultimately points to Christ. If we're super honest with ourselves, Joshua 15 isn't a chapter we look forward to reading, and you probably won't read it again for a long time. 
But there is a reason Joshua 15 is in our Bibles, and there's a reason why this chapter is the longest. God doesn't waste his words. So why would he spend 63 verses here? If you ask me, I'd prefer more details in Rahab's story. But nonetheless, God chose to be very detailed here in Joshua 15. Why? Well, I can only suppose, as do many commentators, that it's because land matters to God. As one commentator puts it, in this chapter, God is trying to show each of these tribes that he has planned ahead for their acquisition of the land. He wants them to know what is for them is for them. There's no need for jealousy and strife. He also does not want them to be confused, for confusion will lead to internal strife and fighting. They've already fought the enemy on the outside. They must not turn in on themselves and fight one another as if they were the enemy. Just as God gives New Testament believers specific gifts to be appreciated but never create division, he concludes, so God gives these nine and a half tribes specific territories with boundaries to distinctively separate each territory. If the boundary lines aren't clear— confusion ensues. By prescribing specific boundaries between the tribes, God is able to create order as he is a God of order, remove confusion as he is a God of clarity, remind his people he is trustworthy as he said he would, he's given them the land. Ultimately, all of these boundaries help us see what God is like. And really, this chapter as a whole helps us see what God is like. It's also interesting that Judah gets their land allotment first. Judah is the fourth son of Jacob. Why then would Judah get land first? As one commentator puts it, believers have a tendency to try to put God in a tradition's box and to expect God to transact business according to conventional patterns. Isaiah reminds us that God's ways are not our ways. As Isaiah 55, 8 reads, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And that's just as true today as it was when it was written. Joshua 15 opens with a positive reality. Judah, this is your land. God's giving it to you. But the chapter ends with a negative reality. The descendants of Judah could not drive out the Jebusites who lived in Jerusalem. That's verse 63. Why did they fail? The Jebusites would be a source of pain for Israel for centuries. They wouldn't be dealt with until King David's day. Well, as one commentator puts it, Jesus, who came from the line of Caleb and David, would do something greater than casting out the Jebusites from Jerusalem. Jesus would die outside the gates of Jerusalem and give himself over to death on Friday. Three days later, on a Sunday morning, Jesus would be resurrected by the Spirit, Romans 8:11. He conquered death and sin, our greatest enemies. Now, bringing to mind Caleb's daughter's request for the springs, Jesus' defeat of sin and death provided the water of life, the fountain and spring of life for all the members of his body, the church. Believers must cease striving with one another concerning the inheritance of gifts and talents, the commentator concludes. For years, the Israelites would strive, I mean, they would strive to drive out the Jebusites. They saw a taste of victory when David became king, but ultimate victory is only achieved through Jesus' finished work on the cross. Thanks be to God, we no longer have to strive. These boundaries, defined by God, should have also eliminated comparison between tribes. God said it, and so it was. But just like the Israelites may have been prone to compare, so too are we. Ever wish you had someone else's gifts, talents, or skills? God made you, you for a reason. He gave you your personal boundaries and limits for a reason. In Christ, we don't have to strive to be anyone other than who God made us to be. 
For some reason, God said Judah would get the land first. When someone else gets something first, do you get jealous? Wish it was yours? Spend some time thinking about where you are tempted to step outside of the boundaries God has set for you. When are you most tempted? How can others help you? That's all we've got time for, but as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.